Welcome to Bible Line Broadcast Network, a ministry of Calvary Community Church. Our podcast is dedicated to the clear teaching of God's Word. We aim to help people find Jesus Christ and train believers through the study of the Bible. We would love to feature your questions on the show. You can email us at questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to calvaryoftampa.org forward slash donate. Catch new episodes every Thursday. We pray today's episode is a blessing to you. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you've been paying attention today, if you've been watching the news, if you've been looking at your TV, having the radio on, you can tell that there is chaos, there is turmoil in our nation's capital, and you can see that because of what has happened in this election, because what has gone on in this country for many years, things are coming to a head. I want to talk about five certain choices that you can make in uncertain times. One of the great things about the Bible and about what the Bible has told us about Jesus Christ is we have certainty. Right now, there are many people that are locked down in our nation's capital that do not have certainty. I read news reports of shots being fired in the capital. I read news reports of reporters inside the building not knowing if they're going to be able to leave until possibly tomorrow or the next day. As nightfall descends, we don't know what the rest of the protests are going to look like. And no doubt, there is a level of uncertainty with many people across the nation, maybe even in yourself. Friend, if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ and in him alone, you have certainty that what's happening in the world is just a temporary thing. What's happening in the world may have some concern to you, but it does not define who you are. You are a child of the king. You have different choices. You have different options. There are promises that are given to you because you have been adopted by God. And we need to remember these promises. We're going to be going in Scripture a lot tonight, and I don't want to take up too much time because I want to make sure that we set aside time to pray tonight for your requests for our nation as well. I'm not disappointed with what's happening or what's going on. In fact, I think this is the way it's going to go. I don't have any lost joy because of what has happened today. Because I'm not of this world. There's something greater to look forward to. And as I sat in my office and I thought about what to speak on tonight, these five points came to mind. Five certain choices to make in uncertain times. The first point is keep a sound mind. Keep a sound mind. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power, because we are now found with the righteousness of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And of love, because we have a new nature to where we can perform the law of love and liberty through Christ And of a sound mind because God has given us instruction 
from his word. And the Holy Spirit resides within us and helps us understand the things of God. Verse 8, because of these things, because of verse 7, be not thou for ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. You and I are supposed to withstand persecution and afflictions for the sake of the gospel. There's no doubt that what has happened in this election process has been rigged and it has had signs of fraud all over it. I have made the decision as a child of God that I will not suffer afflictions for an election. I will not suffer afflictions for this country. I will not be put in persecution because of my party affiliations. I will, however, suffer afflictions for the gospel, for the message of Jesus Christ, and for the freedom to teach that message, because the scripture tells me that I should be prepared to do that. Because of Jesus. And that helps me keep a sound mind when everything around you has lost it. Absolutely lost it. It is so hard to see who to trust. Which news outlet is reporting the correct thing? Which radio host is telling you good and honest reports? You just don't know anymore. On both sides. Friend, our news report should be the King James Bible. And our radios should be tuned to the preaching of the clear gospel and the word of God. Verse 9. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Verse 10. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. What happened today when the Capitol was breached? You see pictures that are going to go down in history of people breaching into the Capitol and into the floor of Congress, of protesters taking pictures where the vice president was just sitting and just chaos. You see those pictures and you think, that's never happened before. Doubt is creeping in to many people's lives about the American way. For you and me, we have something greater than the American way. We have God's way. And I want you to see something very important here in verse 10. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death. People are dying. He hath abolished death through his death on the cross. Look at the next thing. And hath brought life. He didn't just defeat death. He brought life and immortality. Eternal life to light through what? The gospel, the good news, as the Bible tells us, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what we should focus on in uncertain times. So number one, keep a sound mind. Number two, keep your eyes on Jesus. Look in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4 in verse 13. On page 1269 in a Schofield Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, we're going to read on through verse 18. 
But I would not have you to be ignorant without knowledge, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that have passed, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, our relatives, our family members, our close friends who have passed away that have believed on Jesus Christ will be with the Lord when he shouts at the rapture, which I believe is very soon. Tick, tock, tick, tock. We're getting closer and closer and closer. Verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent or go before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the next thing. I bought a calendar this year. I buy a calendar every year. And I try my best to just get at least seven days ahead. Because I've learned doing anything more than that is just, it's risky. But when I write something down, I'm looking forward to that next thing happening. There's something happening tomorrow that I'm looking forward to. It's on my schedule. I've prepped for it. I'm ready. The next thing on God's calendar on the itinerary of this plan that is waiting to be revealed is Jesus Christ descending with a shout and you and I getting out of here. It's coming. Do not look to peace in this nation as a way out of the sufferings that are happening. I don't think that that's going to be seen. What we will see is either we will die here on earth or the Lord will come back and say, let's go. It's time. And those who have died before will go up and then we will be caught up and transformed. Jesse, that sounds like a science fiction movie. Science fiction ain't got nothing on this. And the world will be thrown into a seven-year period called the tribulation period. The Bible describes it as the worst period of time ever known to man. Plagues and death and pestilence, and financial ruin, and judicial ruin, and nations falling within the span of an hour. And then Revelation 19 will occur. You and I will be with him at that moment. Let's look now in Revelation chapter 19. Many seem to get the second coming of Christ confused with the rapture. Here's a distinguishing difference between the two. When Christ comes back the second time, every eye will see him. He will physically touch down on the earth. When Christ came the first time, he was meek and humble, born in a stable. But he's physically here. When he comes in the rapture, he's going to descend with a shout. He won't be coming down on earth, touching and then coming back. Look what it says in Revelation 19 in verse 11. This is who we should keep our eyes on. Look at the power that is in this verse. Look at the authority and the description of Jesus Christ, your Savior, your friend. Verse 11 in Revelation 19. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called 
faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That's your Savior. We're going to be right behind him. We're coming back with him. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. That's you and me. That's our cue. Can you imagine? I don't pretend to know what everything is going to be like when we get to heaven. But can you imagine if we were all like in a holding pattern on our horses, ready to go? And maybe we're a little bit further back in the pack. And you're just seeing that happen. This is hope. This is final resolution. And that is who we should keep our eyes on. End of verse 14. Followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and him alone. He is the ultimate solution for you and me. This is a certain choice that you can make in uncertain times. Number three is speak biblical truth. Go back to 2 Timothy. Go back to 2 Timothy and look in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. First and 2 Timothy are great instructions from Paul to young Timothy, who was going to take on the helm of getting the gospel out, the second wave that was happening from the explosion in Jerusalem. No doubt, much persecution, no doubt, much displacement, much unrest, but Timothy was given a charge here. 2 Timothy chapter 4, look in verses 1 through 8. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. We just saw that in Revelation 19. What's the charge? Preach the word. You cannot preach the word if you do not know the word. Know the word. Know the word. Be instant, ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Let me tell you this. When I read the other day that our 117th Congress opened in a prayer that prayed to the Hindu god Brahma, the amen and a woman was a joke compared to that. Judgment is coming upon this nation. That is a travesty. For years, you have heard presidents talk about God, talk about how good he is, talk about that they only trust in him, but you did not hear once the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And when Congress met and decided that they would name 
a false god and put our nation under the trust of that god, shame on America. Shame on America. What do we do when things like that are happening? It makes the amen and a woman pointless. And by the way, if you're a man, it's an abdomen. If you're a woman, it's an abwoman. Our Congress has set that example for you. Did you guys get that? It's, it's lunacy. The fact that our Congress is meeting about taking out gender terms like mother and father, sister and brother. What's happening? You know what's happening? Secular humanism. Look at verse 3 and you will see how what is going on in our capital, what is happening in our nation, makes sense. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, Timothy. It's coming. But after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Not the truth that this election is rigged. Not the truth that the Democratic Party is gone far to the right, or excuse me, to the left as a progressive. The truth of God's word, the truth of his son, Jesus Christ. God, in the eyes of many Americans, is dead. They will abandon that truth, and I say many already have. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Comic book heroes, great philosophers and writers, man's wisdom. Verse 5, but watch, that means keep, guard, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Let me be very clear, the work of an evangelist is reaching people for Christ. My Facebook page is a public platform for the gospel message. Occasionally, I will post things that are politically motivated. But more often than not, I want those 918-some people to know that they can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. That's my job. And I believe it is your job and it is your responsibility to be faithful in that message. Suffer for that. I have thought that maybe I'm 30 years old. If the Lord should wait until I get much older, there may come a time where the things that I say put me in jail. I don't say this to be funny, but if I were in jail, it'd be the best place to start reaching people for Christ. I don't know what's going to happen in this nation. I do know what's going to happen on the timeline of God, because this is the truth. Continue with me. In verse 5, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready, Paul is speaking of himself, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. It's time. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the face. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Friend, there is something to work forward to greater than what's happening in this country. Keep a sound mind. 
Keep your eyes on Jesus. Speak biblical truth. Number four, offer biblical comfort. Meet me in the book of Isaiah in chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. And we're going to look in verse 6. How can you offer biblical comfort? Well, to those who have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, you can remind them of Isaiah 53, 6, in where it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Can you look at this world and see that? The sheep are running around everywhere. And the wolves are with them. And they're waiting for that moment. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. It's in our psychology. It's in our medicine. It's in our science, which the Bible calls science falsely so-called. Do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Personal accountability and responsibility is out the window. It's always someone else's fault. We have all turned everyone to his own way. Here's the good news. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Somebody did something about our sin. You can comfort the lost in reminding them that there is eternal salvation. There is redemption through the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Amen? So what about our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, in that church, the called out assembly? What do we do? We remind them that there is a father that loves us. And that is very deep. It is a very broad subject. But I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 through 18. It's on page 1201 in the Schofield Bible. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We're not put back under the law when we trust in Jesus Christ. We have the law of liberty. We have freedom. Because our sin has been paid. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, which is a personal Hebrew word for father. A child who cries out in fear. Daddy! Dad! Verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer for him that we may be also glorified together. We may suffer, we may lose our rights and our liberties, but we suffer for him. I love this country, I am an American, but I am first a child of God, and so are you. Do not get that twisted. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Friend, what is that? When Jesus descends and the rapture happens, we have hope, as others have no hope. We have comfort. In what? So shall we ever be with the Lord. Does that comfort you? 
Are you living in that truth? I have to ask myself that question. Am I living in that truth? Or am I looking at the current circumstances as a determining factor of my joy? Friend, if I were to drop dead right now, I'd be with Jesus. If you were to drop dead right now, you'd be with Jesus if you've believed on him. That's a good God. That's a great God, the Almighty One. There's only one who can do that. And his name is not Brahma. So the last point, keep yourself nourished. Now, I like to be nourished physically. I've been practicing intermittent fasting because maybe I'm nourishing a little too much. 2 Timothy chapter 3 on this final point, and then we will open it up for prayer. And tonight I speak with passion and with power because I am convinced that this is the solution for the disruption you are experiencing in your life. I don't think you should turn off the news. I think you should pay attention. And when there's times for elections, I don't know how much we can trust our election process now, but when it's time to go out there and vote, you know you need to know who you're voting for. I'm not saying to turn all those things away, but don't let it be the only lens of opportunity for you. This is just a pulse on a world that is dying. You've got an eternal pulse and purpose, and you need to stay nourished. 2 Timothy chapter 3, look in verses 10 through 17. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Heads up. Now, I used to think when I was younger, I needed to go find that persecution. Don't worry, it'll find you. You stand for what's right, and I'm not talking about the American way right. I'm talking about what God says is right. You stand for what he says is right, you will be persecuted. Don't worry and do not get down and have a frown on your face when that happens. Rejoice. I know it's easy preaching and hard living. But that's why we come together here on midweek prayer nights to pray for one another and encourage one another because we are all suffering in some way. Just make sure you're suffering for the right thing. Verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax, grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I have a love for these people that teach this heinous stuff because they have been deceived. And I think it's my job to run to them and shake them spiritually and wake them up and say, look, you've got to trust in something other than some man-made process. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what that verse says. It's so important. Deceiving and being deceived. They deceive others while they themselves are being deceived. There's a hatred in these protests, left or right. If you're on the other side, I want to be violent with you. That's wrong. The one person that we should be upset with is the devil. And guess what? He knows what's coming. 
When Jesus cast out those demons, they said, What have you to do with us, thou son of God? Have you come to torment us? They knew who Jesus was, and his disciples didn't even know. The devil is at the root of this all in sin. Verse 14, but continue, but continue, thou in what? In the things which thou hast learned. You saw in first, or excuse me, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, preach the word. You can't know the word. You can't preach it if you don't know it. And then right here in verse 14, it says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. You need to be learning and growing. Keep yourself nourished. Thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Not of Paul, of God. And we're going to get to a very popular verse that you'll recognize when we read it. And that from a child, verse 15. Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee, what? Wise unto, what? Salvation. Through, what? Faith. Faith is the vessel. We're saved by faith. The saving is done through Jesus Christ. How do you receive that? You believe that. Some would say that faith is the gift. I would say, read your Bible. Faith is not the gift. Jesus Christ is the gift. And when you receive it through faith, you're in, baby, you're in. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. You can get something from it. Here's what you can get for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But wait, wait, there's more. That the man of God may be perfect, mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Five certain choices you can make in uncertain times if you missed it. Number one, keep a sound mind. Number two, keep your eyes on Jesus. He's coming back. Number three, speak biblical truth. Number four, offer biblical comfort. Number five, keep yourself nourished. Friend, I have no idea what this year is going to hold. But I know what today is held. Today, just like yesterday, and just like in the future, Jesus Christ is the same. When I woke up today, I was still a child of God. I still had the Holy Spirit residing in me. And I had opportunities to share that message that Christ died for my sins. In that hymn that we sang, I want to pull it up. It is well with my soul is my favorite hymn. Jesse, we've heard you say that of others. I know. It just is, though. Verse 3 of It Is Well With My Soul. My sin. And then there's a hyphen. There's a break in the thought. My sin. And then it says, Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. It is well. It is well with my soul. That simple two lines, it lights a 
fire in the believer. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. It's all taken care of. All of it. Every single sin you ever will commit has been paid for by Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is well. I hope and I pray that you are encouraged to do what's right. These five points are just the beginning, but they're certain decisions. They're good decisions that we can make in very uncertain times. Everything that I talked about tonight is surrounded around the gospel message. And even in very uncertain times, this is how you can know that you have certainty of going to heaven. I, I don't know who's hearing this. Many people messaged me and asked if we were having prayer meeting tonight because they wanted to make sure that they shared it. So I don't know where this is going. But if you're listening, even here in the audience and those of you who are listening outside of this building here, you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Friend, that is the greatest assurance that we ever have. We really need to be careful of devaluing that assurance that we've got. This is it. This is it. So I want to illustrate that to you now. This hand represents you and me. My wallet represents sin. I'm going to put this on top of my hand because we've all sinned. God loves us, but he hates our sin because it separates us from him. One payment or one sin requires a death payment. Eternal separation from God forever in a place called hell. You have to be perfect to get to heaven. We all fall short. Every single one of us miss the mark. All of our good works, if my notes here represented good works, they are not a payment for sin. We cannot be sorry from sin or turn from it, start something or stop something, become a member of something, be baptized, whatever it is. None of that is a payment for sin. We are not saved by works, not of works, lest any man should boast. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He was fully God. He was fully man. The Bible says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And you heard earlier in Revelation 19 that his name is the word of God. This was God in the flesh. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have a certain kind of life. And it's everlasting life. All those who simply believe on that promise believe on Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, you're now a child of God. And these choices that we talked about in the message tonight, you can do them. And I know it will not be easy, and I know it will be difficult. I, I know. And there is a lot of uncertainty with what's going on. There are many events that could unfold tonight. It could get worse. I, I don't know. But you know what I do know? What the Bible says for me to do. I can have peace and joy with God right now. And so can you. Just remember that when you're getting out of sorts and it seems like you don't know what's going on. Don't trust in your government or trust in your guns. Trust in God. Those things will fail you. God will not. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a thank you to our listeners, we want to give away a free Bible every month this year. To enter, send us an email with your Bible question. Our email address is questions at bibleandministries.org. Be sure to subscribe to the show and check back each Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, 
keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon.